You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez. I use he, him pronouns. I'm operating from my at-home studio today. So yeah, it's also a jam-packed episode. We've got a lot going on. I got to interview two pretty cool human beings. I got to speak to Alexis Benedict from Tomboy Records in Melbourne, and we chatted about trans, gender non-conforming people in the music industry. I also spoke to Jay about a recent release of Alexander Ball Curious Australia SBS series that has come out, so you'll be listening to that, as well as, first off, as per usual, the Week in Community News. So, we'll jump straight into it. Uh, Let's start off with some events. So, this week in Paddington Skate Park on Saturday 20th from 1pm, Schema Collective have a free event going on, a free community event, day of music, skateboarding and art with musical performances by Deathweight 80, Monsters Up North, Zuko and Gay Recess, as well as skateboarding demos from the Extreme Skates team. This free community event is brought to you thanks to the collaboration, sponsorship and support of Kids Helpline Official, the Alcohol and Drug Foundation, Brisbane City Council, for Triple Z and Sea Shepherd Brisbane. We'll be there cleaning up the park before, during and after the event for Clean Up Australia. Feel free to join anytime throughout the day. So hopefully Transmission will also make a bit of an appearance. We'll hang out and clean up Australia as well. Then there's also on August 20th, which is also the same day, the Saturday, Nicolaine Martin Trio are performing at Dubop Bar in Edward Street in the city. The band is breaking free. Time to shake off those cobwebs with ever smooth Danielle Cream, a cram on bass and a man full of pizzazz, Scott Burke on sticks. It also recommends that you bring your dancing shoes, so head on down for that one. Further into the future, on August 26th, which is a Friday, down at Wind Lane in the Valley, Quiver uh, has Moth Process, which is a monthly event. This month will be Queer Culture with a Q. Every month they offer sound and music exploration presented by Navi Karan and Levi Kohler. This is a free-to-access event. Welcome to the exploration of DJing for the purpose of intentional listening and community building. Come along. It's free and open to all ages. BYO Cups for Complimentary Tea. So that sounds pretty cool as well. We're now going to move into the news. So, last week I mentioned that trans and GNC Queenslanders, uh, there is an update on changing your gender marker and birth certificates. I failed to follow through with updating you on that information, so I'll do that now. The state government's reforms to the Births, Deaths and Marriages Registration Act were expected last year, after years of campaigning by lots of different advocates and such. However, in November, uh, the Attorney General conceded that there would be a delay up until 2022. So just a bit of a follow-up what's going on there. The processed reforms include removing the current requirement forcing trans and gender diverse Queenslanders to undergo expensive and potentially inaccessible gender-affirming surgery before they can update sex markers on birth certificates. Many trans people can't access the surgeries for various financial, medical, faith, or personal reasons. Nearly every other state and territory has removed that requirement. 
on Wednesday, so that was last week, which would have been the 3rd of August, uh, Shannon Fentiman was questioned by Greens MP Michael Berkman about the legislation's progress during an estate's estimates hearing. Fentiman told the hearing that she hopes to introduce a bill in the next few months, citing some further feedback from the LGBTQIA plus stakeholders. And Fentiman says, there is now an exposure draft of the bill where we are directly consulting with stakeholders. I hope to be able to introduce a bill in the next few months, certainly before the end of the year. So yay, I will be queuing up to change my birth marker because I'm pretty over it. So yeah, that's great news. That's exciting news. Hopefully it happens. I'm in a state of we'll see until it actually physically happens. I am pending because last time this happened, it was delayed and all sorts of stuff. Hopefully that comes true to fruition. In other news, Trans Health Research in Melbourne, the world's first study is being conducted to understand the impact of HRT on muscle strength and fitness in order to inform sporting policy guidelines internationally. You do not need to be fit and do not to be regularly exercised to participate. So if you are trans or GNC and would like to be involved, you can. We are recruiting trans people who are about to commence but haven't yet started full-dose gender-affirming hormones, testosterone or or estrogen-based uh, hormones. Uh, we are also recruiting people, trans and cis, who are not on any hormones as a comparison group. So bring a friend. We'll follow people over the first 12 months of gender-affirming hormones to monitor muscle strength, fitness, and power, based at either Hedenberg and Footscray in Victoria. Monitoring includes fitness testing, blood and muscle sample collections, and so on. If you are actually in those areas that are if you are interested or will be down there, you will be reimbursed for your time in participating as well. This does go over the over the course of a year, this research. So if you wanted to get involved or you would like to know more, you can email gender-research at unimelb.edu.au. Yeah, you can check that one out. And a final piece of news, which is also great, the Supreme Court of Queensland has adjusted laws so that young people that are deemed capable of consent, that are under 18, can consent for their own transitioning treatments without parental or court permission. This is fantastic news. It is providing autonomy for people's bodies. It is also allowing kids out there, especially teens and such, if you have parent that is outwardly saying that you are not allowed or that you cannot access this treatment, that you are not to have any transitional um, intervention medically, uh, if you are well informed and you know your rights and you know uh, what gender affirming treatment entails, you are within your right to exercise this new law. If you'd like to know some more information about that, I'm going to put some information up on the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with a Z. Check it out there. I will put up some more information so you can feel the most informed that you'd like to be. As well as any of the other events or things that I've mentioned just this morning, you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with a Z and check it all out. So yeah, cool stuff coming about. We are now about to listen to some music. This one here is pretty darn cool. This one's called I'm Good by Wafia. So let's go. You were just listening there to Smile by Sheer Diamond. 
You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, and I use he, him pronouns. Ah, yes, Transmission. We're all about amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Mianjin. And today, I am pre-recording the episode. However, I have also some discussions with some pretty cool people. This next person that I've been speaking to is from Tomboy Records in Melbourne. Alexis Benedict is a music producer and also runs a record label all supporting LGBTQIA plus and trans and gender conforming artists. So without further ado, I will push play on our discussion. I am joined here today uh, by Alexis Benedict from Tomboy Records, based in Melbourne, I believe. Is that right? It is. Uh, and uh, what what are your pronouns? Pronouns are they and them. I'm a non-binary person. And uh, I believe you are also in a band? I do my own project, yes. So oh. I do my, which is called Benedict, um, mm-hmm. is my music name. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been writing and recording and, and performing for over... I've been in the industry for over 25 years, actually. I've been writing since I was five and kicked off performing about 15. It's been a journey. (laughs) Do you produce your own music? I do a lot of co-production at the moment with my producers that work on my music. I obviously write my own stuff as well as, yeah, I love collaborating. You know, it's really, really cool to be able to collaborate with different writers and, you know, gain uh, new experiences. It's really important to... um, to do that in this industry for sure. I did want to ask uh, about how does trends and gender non-conforming representation affect the industry as well? Because I I have a small pool here in Brisbane and it's, it seems like a quite a small pool of trans and non-binary artists throughout the country. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know about their experiences in the industry and if you can elaborate on any of that. You know, I've been, as I said, I've been in the industry for 25 years and, you know, writing and recording and performing and growing up in the industry as as a, a woman in the industry and then, you know, queer as well. It's been an interesting journey, you know. I mean, 10 years ago, if you said you were queer or gay or anything like that, they wouldn't work with you. Very different industry even 10 years ago. I think the movement uh, with the LGBTQIA plus community now into the industry is is a lot more forward and powerful. I do feel like there's a lot of artists coming up who just are becoming unafraid to speak their truth, which I think is is deeply important for our community and and for our creatives that, you know, do identify as that. A few years ago, I came out as non-binary and that was like another coming out. You know, I came out when I was 20 and now I'm 38, but 36, I was like, oh gosh, you know, like, th- you know, 30, 35, 36, I really was going through that process and it's, it's a full on time, you know, then have to explain it to the rest of the world and the people you're working with, you know. And so for me, it's been a journey. I think, you know, identifying as growing up queer and, and woman, being in this industry, which was very male dominant and and people saying, all right, sweetie, we've got it. It's okay. And and still being kind of put down as well. And, you know, told I didn't know and they knew. And, you know, that's, I think, a very typical experience, unfortunately, that women in the music industry feel. It's been a journey coming to where I am now with the music, with the process, with kind of stepping out of that fear and saying, excuse me, this is who I am. And it's okay. And not being afraid, you know, is so important. And, um, standing up for who we are and, and what we believe in and and our strengths and it's only made me stronger for coming out and being proud of being a non-binary person I'm very 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 much a trans advocate for the community and especially with the music I'm doing plus you know my record label it's something that 
I, I wanted deeply to create, which was a safe space for people of, of many different minorities within the community, especially women, uh, LGBTQI plus and people of colour, which, you know, get a raw deal, raw end of the deal a lot of the time. So, yeah. Are you loving what you're doing? I'm absolutely loving it. I honestly pinch myself every day. I mean, about a year and a half ago, I kicked off with Tomboy Records and it just hit me and I just was like, I'm going to start this record label that represents these communities and creates a safe space for these creatives where they're not tokenized or they're not different and they're not filling a need for that label or that team. It's no, we are here to support you just as you are and nurture not just the fact that you might be part of that community, but nurture your creative side. It's so important because instead of them having to worry about all the other bits and pieces and you need to look pretty because, you know, men won't like you and then, you know, having artists I spoke to be like, but I'm a gay woman and I don't really care and it's they get dropped because, you know, they're not being pretty enough for the, for the boys and it's, you know, or they're too queer or they're, they're too this and that. And I found with the team I have, you know, of artists that I've been able to sign, I'm just so blessed, you know, and, and we're like a family, you know, it's it's creating, it's not an us and them, it's we are a collective of artists and a collective of, of people that just want to love and support each other. And I, I've really noticed how much my artists are, are shining now, you know, and from their experiences in the industry and the suffering they've gone through in different teams to going, oh, I just feel like I can breathe. And that's all I want to hear, you know, especially myself as an artist, it's important. So if I can kind of give, create that space for, for other creatives, it's, it's so awesome. Do you think that it is particularly difficult for trans artists to find the right platform to, to start out with? I think there's a, I think there's a lot more platform now for trans artists. You know, we've got um, so many different artists just being free and speaking their truth and, there is a, a whole network of trans artists now that represent and support. The world is still learning and there's still bad things happening when it comes to our community and there's still those people being shot down. But reach out to the teams around you and the people around you that you know you're safe with. And it is important for us to create that space and safe space. You know, I'm, I'm about to head big sound with one of my artists, Lion. He's a um, queer black man. 21 years old, produces and writes all his own music. You know, I've been speaking to Big Sound about they want to work on inclusivity and, you know, they're saying how can we speak to other teams and publishing companies and labels and all this. And I said, you know, do a panel around safe space. It's important. Like we need to create safe spaces within the industry and we need to start pouring that out into, you know, not just having specific teams but implementing things into the industry in order for this to be across the board safe in general. There's there's no, you know, cracks. The time is now. We need to act now because too many people have been hurt. There's too many victims of, of you know, abuse and, and more in the industry. I don't think that just lends itself to just, you know, your, your straight white man. I think it lends itself to many people because we're all people and we're all damaged in different ways. But it's important that even the LGBT community support their own, even the, you know, people of colour support their own and, you know, and, and women especially as well. And, you know, um, I've come across all toxic people from all communities. Um, so it's important to go no more. Let's start, let's start a standard that we just can't, we can't lower on. And if you think you are an abuser or you're a predator or, or something in the industry, um, go and get help because it's important that you're a better person as well. We want you to be better. So if you think you've done damage, go and sort it out. 
you know, there's help out there and there's people that can talk to you as well. So that's, I think, what we really want to push within this industry now mm. is, is challenging the people who have caused damage to be better, filtering it out and then creating teams where there is a zero tolerance for mm. anything anymore. And you're speaking at Big Sound on that panel, right? Yeah, so we're waiting on the finalisation of that panel. There are going to be a couple of panels um, and teams that are going to be coming in um, discussing many different topics around this. And it's been amazing. It's the 21st year for Big Sound and, you know, birthday for Big Sound. And, you know, they've been amazing. I actually think they said it's the first year. It's it's an all, all women and plus one guy on the committee. Um, nice. And I'm like, winning. So... You know, this is um this is a monumental time for to start creating and and stepping forward into a new space for the music industry, and Big Sound are really trying to get that across. And I just think it's awesome. It, we're in a space now where we have a new generation coming up who get to you know be what they want at school. I mean, speaking to some of the younger people, and they're like, oh yeah, we get taught about being trans or non-binary, and it's okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had that when I was you know. 15. That's so sad like, that I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, those younger communities understanding how hard we worked as well as an older generation to get that, you know, that fight on board and, and support. But joining together, I mean, I would even say 10 years ago, trans communities were not accepted in the LGBT community, you know. So it's it's time for change everywhere, especially with music. I think trans artists are so important. There is a space for them. It's, you know, I mean, tomboy number one, like we're all for that. And as long as you are speaking your truth and you are who you are, jump on board or we'll help you out however we can, even if it's, you know, mentoring or discussing with other artists, we'll do that. If we can't, if we don't have room on rosters and things like that, you know, there's, we've lost too many lives. We've lost way too many lives. Enough is enough. Like the precious parts of those lives mean so much to me and so much to many in our communities. If we can start being advocates for these, for these teams of artists and creatives and create, you know, create a space where it's like, it's okay okay to be you and speak out about whatever the hell you want to speak out about that is your truth and no one can tell you it's not your truth if you had something you could say to a musician or an artist out there that is maybe closeted and not yet out what do you think is the most powerful thing since coming out as an artist i just think honestly if you're scared if you're feeling overwhelmed you know number one write a song about it you know i've written so many songs that have allowed me to process the pain, the suffering, the the light and the different shades that I've gone through. But don't be afraid, you know, it's it might seem scary. Reach out to your communities. There's people out there that are exactly like you and you're absolutely beautiful the way you are and never change and and don't be afraid to speak your truth because you know what, you're going to save a life. That is important across the world to me. That is so important that you can be who you are and live your truth and you were made this way and you're perfect. And that's what I want to say to you. If you are out there, listen to that and trust it and embrace it. Also know that our team and there's other teams out there that are here to talk to you if you need. Someone said to me once, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're coming out. And it's like, I've always been this way. You're actually learning who I am. And it's important to know being born this way, we're not freaks, we're not weird. It's such a gift and it's who you are. And it's just, it's so special. Like I couldn't even think of being anything else, you know. Mm. Um, And, you know, it's just so powerful to be that, to step into a space where, especially when I'm up on stage and I'm performing and I'm speaking that truth through my music and through words, you know, to get off stage and even to speak to one person where they're like, thank you for saying that. 
and and you just don't know who you're going to connect with and you know music is a universal language and it's life-changing and I think if you can be that light to the nations do it be that person Thank you so much, Alexis, for joining me today and chatting about Tomboy Records and all your wonderful life advice. It's been fantastic. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you there, Alexis, for an awesome discussion. I'm now about to play a track by them. This one is called Wake Up by Benedict. You were just listening there to Platonic Sex with Devil's Advocate. My name is Ez. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. I use he, him pronouns. Transmission is all about amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Mianjin. And speaking of Mianjin, I had a wonderful discussion with Jay, a member of the Transmission crew, who was part of a documentary series, uh, well, not series, sorry, a single show, 30-minute show of about Mianjin's ballroom culture here, the House of Alexander. We had such a great chat, so I'm just going to push play on this, and you can listen and hear all about it. Today, we're not the other, we're the ones. Category is officially open. I am here with Jay, the wonderful Jay. That's me. Yeah. Uh, uh, My pronouns are he, him. What are your pronouns? Also he, him. Fantastic. We're talking about the incredible documentary that's on SBS. That you're in. Yes. But, okay, so basically, I just want to say, when they when they filmed this, uh-huh. uh, signed the release form, like, yes, I'm all good with being included with this. Had a great time. Uh, walked out of the room. I got interviewed as well. Walked out of the room and was immediately like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want my words or me to be in this. So I've spent, like, the year that this took to come out being like, I hope they cut me out of that thing. I really hope oh, they take no. my scenes out. Um, but they didn't. But <laughs> um, You're very much in there. Yeah, I'm quite in there, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, you're quite in there. I was like, oh, look, it's Jay. Oh, it's Jay again. Oh, and now we're featured, featuring Jay. Okay, cool. This is awesome. Yeah, when when um people were coming up to me after the documentary, because obviously I didn't see it, but people were coming up to me and being like, oh, you were so good in it. You were like featured in it. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? What's happened? Um, No, but... They, they did me justice. Yeah, um, they did. Jessica, who directed um, and pretty much is the brains behind the film, she's a wonderful person, and I'm so glad that she included the uh, soundbite of me saying that I'm a beginner and just trying not to get chopped because it makes my terrible old way that was included in, like, much kinder. It's like, it's okay. He said he's just starting. He's just learning, you know. He said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, what I found like so beautiful about the the documentary was, and I didn't know this about ballroom, which was just how loving it is. Doesn't matter who wins, mm. you know. Like, I, I actually at points was like, oh, who just won then? And I couldn't tell because both the performers were so overjoyed and just so happy to be expressing their authentic selves in this way, and and they were just hugging and embracing each other. And I was like, wow, this is so powerful. This is so beautiful. Um, I never really see that, really, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely, like um, the Alexander Ball last year was uh, like 
it was such a beautiful experience because um, there being pretty much only like one main house in Mianjin, the House of Alexander. There's also the House of Dynasty, but um, they're relatively small. Um, we all train together. We all like work together and like work on categories together and any like events are like open to everyone so it fosters like Ella uses the term like house of Mianjin it really does foster this sense that like we're all in the same house so I think um we were just everyone's just so you when you're up against and you're battling someone that you love that's from the same house as you like you're just so excited no matter what happens, yeah. Because any success from someone in your own house is a success for you as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And just, like, uh, for me, for so we're the 007s, so, like, the people who aren't in houses. The 007s, we trained every week leading up to the ball, um, and it was, like, I cried my eyes out at the ball just seeing, like, my family like stand up and get their moment and be able to walk and be celebrated and just see all of those like months of training that we put in culminate into such a beautiful experience for everyone where everyone was like so beautiful and everyone was just so authentic and being celebrated for that it was like really overwhelming and yeah Mm. such a great moment yeah I wasn't involved in dance at all like I never saw myself as a dancer like I was such a nerd like I am a nerd kid and whatever but um it was just after I saw actually the House of Alexander do a um, video that's like an introduction to the house. And after I saw that, I literally signed up to uh, dance classes on that day because I was like, I don't know what I, I, I vaguely knew what it was, but I was like, I just need to find a way in. And yeah, but it's like, I don't know. Um, I feel like there's a lot of emphasis on the performance side, but there's often less emphasis on the life around the performance, which I think the ball, uh, the documentary does a really, really beautiful job of like dipping into, but there's so much, like you have to do so much work in that space as well on yourself and in community, um, to really be a part of it. And that's like looking after trans women and looking after, um, just the community in general, like Mm. always having each other's back, always making sure everyone has a place to sleep, has somewhere to eat, has like everything that they need, can buy groceries or whatever, stepping up when you can't. And also just like understanding the politics of the political world around us. And like, not just from a trans perspective, from all perspectives really. Mm. Um, And being able to incorporate that into your practice because like ballroom is very much a political, I mean, just recently in um, Colombia, when there was like the SOS Colombia protest going on and things like that, there were um, a couple of um, performers from the ballroom scene who voked down in front of a police demonstration. And mm. it's because because you can't touch that. Because voguing isn't violent protest. Voguing isn't, you know, it's not, you can't touch it. It's a way of saying like, well queer people are here trans people are here they exist here and you cannot you cannot stop queer and, and trans joy from happening and you can't you can't stop people from resisting and um you can't oppress us yeah basically yeah. it's it's such a yeah so i feel like um yeah it the documentary did a really good job of highlighting why performance is really almost the smallest part performance is like the the final step after all the work that you've done in the scene then you get to perform to celebrate it all in a way wow that's really that's so powerful 
Yeah, um, at the screening, there was legendary mother Malika. So she's someone who has been, like, in the scene for years and years and years and years. And, in fact, like, mentored Ella, Ella Alexander, the mother of the House of Alexander, quite significantly. And um, she called myself and my friend over and just started... She talked to us about the documentary, like, she recognised us from the documentary. She started sharing, well, advice about being trans, but also stories from you know, when she was growing up in the 80s as a young trans person, you know, and she she shared a story of, you know, the trans woman at that time helping her uh, live out of home, helping her get on hormones and that sort of thing. And it was, it was really overwhelming because I think connection to trans ancestry is something that a lot of us don't get to have. It's like really rare and really precious. And it's something that I'd only ever glimpsed in pose and in tales of the city which is a beautiful tv show with very good representation but like the trans woman in that is played by a cis woman um so it's it's a great representation of trans history but it's it's not authentic Mm. in the way that actually being able to sit down and talk to someone who has that connection to history who can pass on advice like as a trans elder it was really beautiful and I think that's another part of ballroom that's so so precious and so rare is like such a tangible connection to queer history in a way that is much fuller I've been thinking about this a lot as someone who has previously had access to white queer spaces or like predominantly white queer spaces and has sort of moved away from those into a predominantly non-white queer space Um, I think that white queerness is obsessed with looking at history as a list of political milestones. We have, like, everything was illegal. Then Marsha P. Johnson started the Stonewall riots. Then we had the first Pride. You know, it's it's very... Like, checkpointy. Yeah. Mm. um, There's a history there, but it's, like, a list of, like, and then there was the AIDS, like, crisis, and then ACT UP started, you know, and, like, in, in Ballroom, when we talk about history, we're talking about people and stories and lives, like ballroom history is it's very it's an oral history like a lot of it is stories that get retold and passed down and passed on and passed through communities and it's so much fuller and it focuses on trans excellence and queer joy and queer excellence a lot of the time outside the context of just like very strict political milestones it looks at queer history not as not as just like a list of milestones but as the people and the lives that that built it and I think it's really beautiful in that way so like I think that's why ballroom is one of those few spaces that you can actually make genuine connection with like elder trans people and Mm. like talk to them about their experiences in that time and like that's not to say that the the history of ballroom is devoid of politics or like just taken out of political context but it's just fuller, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I have so many thoughts. Yeah, right. Because uh, I guess as well, when I think about like when the feelings that came up for me as I was watching, I could see how so much of our mainstream culture and white culture has stolen. Yeah, and it is literal stealing. It's yeah. not. This isn't a like some kind of like oh you're just saying that because it's similar. No, you literally stole it. And I and I've always sort of known that. At the moment, like a lot of young generation, younger generation, I'm talking like 
mid-teens high schoolers and stuff like that and young young uh mask people wearing lots of jewelry now and painting their nails um a lot of that comes from queer culture and a lot of that comes from ballroom as well and like different ways of expressing yourself through fashion and movement as Mm. well so much is taken from us and not credited yeah absolutely um and it's completely it's cultural appropriation it's offensive yeah (laughs) and and like i think you know, sometimes when the latest video emerges of some celebrity or just, like, random people trying to, like, what we call noging. Yeah. Um, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some people get defensive and it's like, well, you shouldn't come after someone who's just starting out or, like, you know, who's trying to learn or whatever. That's not very accepting and welcoming. That's not true. Like, when I started in ballroom, I was awful yeah yeah like no dance background literally when i look back at my first videos it's just it's absolute it's the worst (laughs) but there's such a difference between coming from a place of wanting to immerse yourself in culture and history and learning and taking that on and then being terrible at performance (laughs) yeah right versus what we see which is people taking the reason why it looks so bad is not because they're new but because they're trying to they think it's like that, that that's ballroom because they've stolen it. They've taken what they can grab from it without bringing any of the culture of history or history with it. And you can see that in performance and you can see that. In, and, and it's, it's hard when those people who are predominantly white performers then get celebrated and put everywhere. And this like total misinterpretation of ballroom gets like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're right. doing so much for trans rights. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> like back here, if you had like you, you are celebrating that those people at the expense of hiring people from ballroom to do choreography or hiring like, boring performers in general or Mm. bringing any of the actual like point of ballroom with you just like you were saying i think when when people see people come after beginners it's very rarely just because they're beginning if if that's happening it's because that they've you know we have people here in australia who have like opened vogue workshops Mm. and they have no like no one in the community knows them they've just like come out of nowhere and been like well i'm starting classes for voguing and it's not it's not having no idea yeah yeah and then those are opportunities that those teachers or those studios are taking away from the ballroom community so once again Mm. like white performers gets to profit of community that black and latina and um in in our scene particularly polynesian trans women created yeah yeah Yeah. it's i think i mean like this is gonna bring up like another you know can of worms in a way i guess because when i think a lot of white people appropriating not just trans and people of color cultures and communities i just i just feel this you know white people have no culture yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, like there's oh. this cis white people have lost culture, but Australia is quite a young country mm. and we haven't had a lot of time, like white people haven't had a lot of time to really develop a unique culture and sense of self. Australia is so multicultural, multifaceted, um, and we need to be respecting and understanding where things come from. And also when we cannot and when we shouldn't yeah. do something. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about voguing. Uh, I'm sure that if I was interested, that I would be welcome in those spaces. Absolutely. Um, and I would love to, I'm curious, you know, I'm, I'm Vogue curious, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, again, if you're not part of traditionally or you don't see yourself as a trans person of color and you're moving into that space, 
Well, don't open your mouth. Just listen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the most important thing of any community that you don't typically belong in or feel that you belong in. Be quiet and listen. Yeah. Mm. I mean, even even as like a trans man in, in ballroom, like I, I hold myself in regard, like I consider myself a guest to ballroom culture. Uh, whiteness comes before queerness and transness at, at all points, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so my participation in ballroom is with my whole heart and my whole soul and all my love in the world, but it's also as a guest because ultimately if it came to it, like, any resources or anything that, like, came my way should be passed on mm-hmm. because it's it's not mine, really. Like, mm. I'm, I have been welcomed in and that's beautiful and I appreciate it with all my heart, but it's not mine to yeah. take, you know. But it is yours to experience. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah, but it is yours to experience. And I think we should, we are all, all people, regardless of color, you know, gender, anything, we're all entitled to experience and witness beautiful things that humans can do. Absolutely. Um, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the documentary and I thoroughly enjoy spending time with you, Jay. Oh, so. thank you so much. Thank you for giving it this space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll see you on the next time you're on transmission. One of the best films to happen to our poly queer community. It was amazing to see our queer Pacifica stories being told, just blown away. It was very overwhelming. I'm so happy that it was received well. Um, I fucking loved it. I'm gonna send it around to my friends, family. 30 minutes. Like, please release the director's cut, SBS, pretty please. And it was great, like, honestly, it was awesome. Next level. And for like a city like Mianjin, like, I don't think everyone's ready for what's about to come next after that. Alexander Ball is available on SBS Demand. If you do not stream it now, then I'm gonna come at you. <laughs> this is where you put in the beat, beat, beat. Thank you so much for tuning in to Transmission this week. Come to the end of the episode. If you'd like to listen back to anything that we've put up today or any other episode, you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. Yeah. It's been great. Had a blast. Cool. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4 Triple Z.